All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And uh, today we're going to look at uh, something that the Lord wants us to look at. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 15th chapter of the book of Luke. And we're going to start reading at verse 11. Of course, this has to do with the prodigal son, what we call the prodigal son. Now, the Bible doesn't call it the prodigal son, if that make any sense. Um. That's a word that we come up with, the prodigal son. The word prodigal means wasteful, extravagant and wasteful. And so the word prodigal, when we think about the prodigal son in that context and in that term, um, it is talking about what he did <coughs> after he left his father's house. He became wasteful. He became extravagant, you know, and things like that. And so that's talking about what he did after he left his father's house. Now, um, for us to really clearly understand uh, what this is, what this is talking about, because in the Bible, most of your your headlines, if you have those, you know, at the beginning of different uh, contexts of your scripture, it might say something like the lost son. Or something like that. And so uh, that's really the main focus, you see, of what he did, if that makes any sense. The first mistake he made was leaving his father's house. It wasn't him going out and, and, and splurging and, and uh, wasting uh, his father's goods, his money and whatever. But the first mistake he made was leaving his father's house. Now, spiritually so, what that's talking about is leaving what he was taught. Now, we know according to the scripture that his daddy was a rich man, well off. Does everybody understand that? <clears throat> he was well off. And so his daddy didn't live an extravagant, extravagant life or a wasteful life. And so the idea is this, not necessarily that he left naturally, but he left spiritually what his father taught him. That his daddy gave him enough money apparently to live off of. But because he did not follow his father's teachings and things like that, when he left, he wasted uh, what was given to him. And so this is the story of the prodigal son. Not just that he, he spent all that he had. And he should have made better decisions. Uh, the first decision he should have made was to hold on to what his daddy had taught him. And so oftentimes <laughs> when young people uh, are leaving the home, and, and I'm, I'm going to just say this since we're here, I don't believe that everybody becomes an adult at 18. 
<laughs> Does everybody understand that? How many of you were adults at 18? You might have been legal. You could sign a contract somewhere and, and get a couple of credit cards, you see. <laughs> but at what point did you really become an adult? Let's think about that. I, I know I wasn't, you see. No, I wasn't. Even when I left home, my mother had to sign for me to do it, you know, because I graduated when I was 17 and uh, I joined the Navy. And even for me to join the Navy, she had to sign for me to do it. You see that? But I was not an adult. I just legally could make some decisions when I turned 18. Legally, you know, I, I could make some decisions. I, I, I could, you know, now I'm grown. Except I wasn't. And most of us, when we turn 18, we spend the first 20 years proving that we don't know nothing. <laughs> we think we're out here living it up. But you, and, and so I want you to think about the mindset. You know, if you're 13, when you turn 13 or 14 or 15, however you old you were, and you thought in your mind, well, you know, I can't wait until I get grown. When I get grown, I'm going to do what I want to do. Listen. You don't get grown until you realize your parents were right. And you might be 50 years old before you find that out. But that's, that's when you're really grown. Does everybody understand that? That you, ain't, you, you didn't toss away everything. Let me, let me hold on a second. Let me go back and pull back in some of this stuff that I was taught because now I'm realizing what they were saying. When you, un when you get to the point where you understand what they've been trying to teach you this whole time, that's when you start actually being grown. That's when you become an adult. Does everybody understand that? What, who are you? Billions of people that lived in this world. Who are you to think you're going to come and break the mold of what your ancestors have passed down? Does everybody understand? That, that's, at, at 13 years old, you've made up your mind. I can't wait till I turn 18 because I'm going to break the mold. I, I, I'm going to do what nobody else could do. Outlive ancient wisdom. <laughs> you see. And so here, this is what this story is about. Somebody that was grown. I thought they were. And they had to go broke. They had to get bad credit. They had to be in bad relationships. That, all kind of stuff had to happen before they realized what was the end of the story. Let me go back. I had it better when I was listening to what my daddy said. I had it better when I was following his counsel. Let me go back there. Does everybody understand that? Isn't that something now? And I'm telling you, you're not grown, you're not an adult until you go back, until you realize you can be taught something. Because listen, you can be 100 years old and somebody can teach you something. You don't ever get to the place where you stop learning. You shouldn't anyway. Does everybody understand? And so that's the story. Not that he was a wasteful son as far as supplies and natural things, but he was wasteful with the advice that he had received that's what what the gold was that's what what the coins that's what the money was not not the natural money that you can go to the store and and purchase things with but but the the money 
the real gold and the real value was what his daddy had taught him. And he wasted that. Isn't that something now? Most of you in here, you have small children. And one day you'll find out it's a horrible thing as a parent to go through when you have provided for your children, not just naturally so, but spiritually, you have given them wisdom. You have tried to help them. You, you see their little personalities uh, and you can see, yeah, I see some of what I used to be in you. And I'm trying to tell you how to avoid these same mistakes that I made. You ain't got to be 30 and 40 years old, still trying to figure life out. I can tell you how you should go and how you should do. I see your personality. I see how, who you're going to clash with on your job in 20 more years. And I'm trying to help you to avoid all the heartache. You're talking to a 12-year-old, and the whole time they you just sound like wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I hear you, but I'm going to live my own life just like you did. Yeah, I hear you, but I, I, I want some heartache. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but uh, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing just like you did. We all got to find our own place. Do you ever think that mankind would be a lot further along if children would just reason in their hearts, I'm going to take this wisdom that I've learned from my parents. I don't have to have some walk on water type of relationship with God. My parents had that. I'm going to take that. And then as my relationship with God grows, he's going to stack more on top of what they taught me. Can you imagine where mankind would be if just every generation would stack on top of what they already have learned? We would be further along. But see, but you see what's happening? We're going backwards. We're going backwards in society. Does it make any sense that if your parent is a math teacher or English teacher, just, just speaking naturally so now, if your parent is a math teacher or English teacher and, and, and they they know all the ins and outs of grammar and all of that and, and they're teaching you that in English, does it make any sense that you're starting all over when you become grown? If your parent is a is a math teacher or an English teacher or something like that, it, it makes sense to me that you, okay, so he stacked English on top of me or she stacked English on top of me. I'm going to learn correct grammar in French now. And so now I got two languages to pass on to my children. That's the way, see, society would, would be further along like that. But is that the way we think? No. No, I, I'm going to excel at this. And just because you're trying to teach me that, I, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. I want my own path. I'm going to lay down on my own way. Does everybody understand that? And that's, but that's not God's will. And so... The prodigal son, you, you could think it's somebody that's just way on the other side of the world somewhere that's trying to live their life and trying to get away from their parents. You can be right under your parents' roof and be prodigal. What makes you prodigal? You're wasteful of what you've been taught. You know better. That's what makes you prodigal. Don't, your location don't equal prodigal. <laughs> your brain, where's your mind at? That's what's prodigal. Does everybody understand that? And you could think, well, you know, I started off wrong. 
when I left home and I did my own thing, no, you started off wrong when you were being taught at home when you were 10, 12 years old and you rejected it then. That you became prodigal that day. Not when you got grown and could sign a few contracts. You see that. And so we're going to point this out today. <laughs> that's it. So let's let's we're going to start reading at verse 11. It says, and he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Does everybody see that? Now, let me explain what's going on here. These things, what his son was asking for was not something that he had earned. It, it was his it was his daddy's money. Basically, it was his inheritance, but it had nothing. It was his daddy's broke back work. That was his daddy's blood, sweat and tears. So this was not something he had earned. So one of the reasons why people become wasteful is because they don't know the value. So young people, when your parents are passing on wisdom to you, they've earned that wisdom. They are the ones that cried for deliverance. They are the ones that that sweated over what they had been through in life. And so when they're passing it on to you, you should take it as being valuable because somebody went through something to get what they are trying to give to you. But see, your parents, they don't tell you all that they've been through. They're not going to tell you about all the heartache. They're not going to tell you about the different times they put you in the bed and they didn't know where the next meal was going to come from and all of that and how they were up all night praying. All you knew was uh, we went. To, I went to bed eating spaghetti and in the morning uh, we, we eating spaghetti again you know that's all you know you don't know about what they've been through so you don't value it and your parents if they love you they're not really wanting to share with you all of the heartache because you're a child they want to keep you a child they want you to have fun they don't want you to think that life is hard because maybe of some of the bad decisions they've made for whatever reason so what they're doing is protecting you protecting your childhood and at the same time trying to pass on to you the wisdom that they have learned from their own mistakes because but because it's not your mistakes yet you don't understand the value it's, it's not valuable to you so to you you saying that how does it look to a prodigal you trying to control me you trying to keep me from having fun <laughs> is, is is that the way it is is it really fun some of you would be surprised at what your parents have done when they were your age. Some of you would be surprised. You see, I was real big on genealogy. And so I, I went over, you know, history and things like that on my family, even all the way back to the 1700s. My wife 
was able to trace her ancestry all the way back to Africa. And she could tell you the first person, her, her forefather that came over here. And you know, one of the things that, that just, it boggled my mind in learning about family history, even all the way back there to the 1700s, was those people were doing the same thing that we're doing today. I, I saw in my family history you know, I, I can show you a picture of one of my forefathers, a painting of him from the 1700s. A, a man in Virginia whose wife, which was supposed to be my great-great-great-grandmother, was cheating on him. And his first son belonged to him, but the second one had his name, and he refused to give that one an inheritance because he said, no, this is not my child. This is the other man's child. And then they, they went to court over it. And, you know, the strange thing is that child <laughs> ended up right here in Tennessee. <laughs> and I thought uh, the devil's been the same. These people were doing some of the same things. You, you could think, well, back then, you know, all the women wore dresses down to their feet, you know, and had them tied under their feet and all of that. Uh, wasn't nobody getting nowhere. <laughs> Somebody was getting somewhere. We here. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> the spirit of lust wasn't just born in our generation. <laughs> But I, I think about that, how how so many, you know, the, these old timers, they, that that generation, even back then, they were tempted with the same things that we're tempted with. And so in my mind, somebody had some wisdom they could pass on. But for us to still be tempted and doing the same things, we had to be rejecting that wisdom. That's that's what's wasteful that's where the prodigy is not the substance not the money but the wisdom being rejected because somebody wants to live their own life does everybody understand that all right so let's go ahead and keep reading now verse 14 it says and when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want does everybody see that so you, you know what else the prodigal does? He does not see. <laughs> when somebody's wasteful, they, they got plenty of money and things like that just naturally. So they don't care what anything else is looking like. They're not aware of their surroundings at all. Money's going to buy it, whatever it is. I ain't, I ain't, you know, as long as I ain't broke, I'm fine. And we know, of course, what the Lord what the Lord tells us in the book of Revelation, that this generation, this last generation that we're living in, that they would say we're rich, but they have no idea just how really broke they are. You're rich with substance, but bankrupt spiritually. Does everybody understand that? So when, you, when somebody's wasteful and they are a prodigy in their mind, they're not even aware of their surroundings. Does everybody understand that? He, he began to think, uh, my money, you, you know, <laughs> and, that, and that's the crazy part. He's spending all his money, 
but he have no idea. I, I'm running out. I need to stop this. So when somebody's a prodigy, they don't, they're not paying attention to patterns. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say that? If you leave the house, if you leave your father's house with a million dollars, and six months later, you only got $100,000 of that left, wouldn't common sense tell you you need to stop doing what you're doing? Common sense would tell you, I need, okay, so I'm not going to last a year out here. I, I, you, but when you're a prodigy and you're wasteful, you're not paying attention to the economy. You're not paying attention to any of it. Your surroundings don't mean a thing as long as you think, you know, I, I, I'm just, I got enough to, to last me or I, whatever. It don't mean a thing. Now, I want to say this. If, if, if you, when somebody is wasteful and they're this way, <clears throat> naturally so, it's because they're that way spiritually so. <clears throat> Does everybody understand that? When you have the wisdom of God, that wisdom is not just for spiritual matters. It carries over to natural matters as well. So if you don't waste wisdom, if you don't waste what's being passed down to you and how to behave, you're not going to waste naturally as well. Does everybody understand that? And so somebody that's in this position, they don't they don't understand. Um, they're not paying attention to their surroundings. And so let's think about that. This is the individual also that will not learn the lessons of life, even though life, not life, you know, there's this old saying, life is your best teacher. No, your parents, they're your best teacher. But life takes over when you refuse to listen to your parents. Life is the cruel substitute teacher. <laughs> Does everybody understand? And so if they didn't listen to their parents, Nine times out of ten, they're not going to listen to life. And what, so what do I mean? You're not going to pay attention to patterns. Your parents have told you what, you know, you, you, you women, uh, this is the kind of man you want. If you want a man, this is the kind of man you want. You, you want somebody, you know, that's going to be this way or that way or whatever the case is. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, w when you're just rebellious at heart, you're going to go out and date everything but what they said. And in reality, you're going to date the same type of man over and over again. But why? Because you're not paying attention to patterns. Does everybody understand that? And so here, the name of this message, we're calling it <laughs> inventory. In other words, taking inventory. When somebody is a prodigal, they can live the raggediest life ever. They, they will not like the fruit of what they see, but they will not take inventory. And listen, when you take inventory, that means you take ownership of what you have done. You take ownership of the mistakes. You take ownership of the decisions that you've made. That's what inventory is. But they don't do it. Why? Because they don't pay attention to patterns. They, does everybody understand that? And so this this individual that's a prodigal uh, is very hard to pin them down and say, you know what? Uh, don't come to me complaining about wh where you are in life if you don't want to hear a resolution 
about where you are in life. What's the resolution? You take an inventory of the decisions that you've made. You are a culmination of the decisions that you've made. You are. You know, in, in the book of Ezekiel, God had to address the Israelites because of their old proverb. He was he was judging them at that time and he, and he had to get the prophet Ezekiel to tell them, y'all can quit talking about that. I don't want to hear that proverb, not one more again. I don't want to hear it. What was the proverb? The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. In other words, I am the way I am because of what my parents did. Now, that was their proverb. Isn't that something now? Let's think about it this way. Let's think about just naturally what they're saying there. My teeth are messed up because my parents ate too many sweets. That's what they were saying. Don't that sound silly? But, you know, people still today, they quote that, 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 that's, that's, that they live that proverb. I wouldn't be as messed up as I was if my parents were, weren't jacked up. And that's what made God say from this forward, day forward, y'all ain't got to talk that proverb no more. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. <laughs> I'm not going to punish you for what your parents did. Does everybody understand that? And so the, the, that prodigal child, <laughs> isn't that something now? They're going to find every reason in the world to be disobedient. I'm sure we all we could all sit down and we could think about something maybe we saw our parents do wrong. But doesn't it make sense that you you'd want to live a little bit better instead of doing the same thing they did and blaming them for it? <laughs> and so these prodigal children they don't pay attention to patterns. Not at all. They, they live the same pattern, same pattern, same pattern. They don't pay attention to it. It's almost like they're drunk on life. That's the best way I can put it, you see. All right, so let's go and keep reading. Verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Does everybody see that? So listen, look at what that says. Let's read verse 14 again. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to what? Be in want. In other words, he began to lack. He was broke. Now, right then, the Lord was trying to get his attention. I'm going to hit this whole economy. And you're broke. That's your clue to go back home. Did he go back home? And you know that's the way we can be at times. The Lord is trying to get our attention. <laughs> but, but we don't go back to that old wisdom. So let, let's stop here. Let me, let's share this now. We call it inventory. We, we, we want to talk about two different stores today. We all start off as 
people of this world shopping in the devil's store. The devil's store is more attractive. Does everybody understand? In his store, you don't, you don't have to pay up front. Everything your heart desire in your flesh is in his store. You don't like cornflakes? He's got Wheaties. You don't like Wheaties? He's got Fruit Loops. He, a, anything you got a taste for, naturally so, he's got in his store. And the good thing just to flesh is this. I don't have to pay for it. I, he, he works on credit. Does everybody understand that? You can go in his store. You push your shopping buggy around. You can just, it, it, there are no limits. The buggy is as big as your appetite for sin is. So if, does everybody understand? You can go to a store now. They may tell you, look, you can only get three boxes of Fruit Loops. Because we got to save some. But the devil, from the beginning of time, he's been supplying mankind with Fruit Loops. Does everybody understand that? He don't ever run out. Does everybody understand that? So if 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 what you if what you want is Fruit Loops for the rest of your life, you can push that bucket down that way and just take your arm and swipe it. And as long as you can walk and stand it, you can fill your buggy up with it. There are no limits. When you're in that store, you know right away, I don't have to pay for this up front. I don't have to pay for this up front. I, I, I can get exactly what I want to get, and I don't have to. And now here's the thing. Here's the trick of the devil. There's no price on the stuff. Listen, let me. I hope you hear me clearly. You don't know how much you owe the devil until he send you the bill in the mail. By that time, you done already ate all the Fruit Loops. <laughs> Does everybody understand? The devil got all of his imps in that store. They ain't in there watching to make sure you don't steal. It's all, anything goes in there. You can steal, you can do whatever you want in there. And the devil might come along and say, look, you ain't got to steal that. It's all, it's this, this is it. This is all yours to begin with. I give you a better bargain than God does. See, with God, when you're in his store, he tells you up front, call the, count the cost. Don't put it in a buggy until you see what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to cost you. <laughs> but the devil, you see, and listen, God's store, it's a boring store. He don't have all of these different brands. It's all the same brand, holiness. It ain't got no fancy, pic fancy picture on the front. They're all white. All of the boxes are white. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? 
It ain't no fancy pictures. It ain't got no elves on the front of his cereal boxes. It ain't none of that. Just holiness, that's all. It all looks the same. And listen, it all tastes the same. It ain't nothing sweet about it. It ain't no sugar there. Does everybody understand that? No, God does not sweeten up his word for people. <laughs> but the devil, he says, you know what? If you, if you don't want to keep eating God's boring food, what was, that, what was that we talked about the other night? Was it the, the Wheaties? What's that cereal that's just, it tastes like cardboard? Shredded wheat. How many of you ever tried to eat that? You ain't missing nothing. I'm telling you, it take a half a bag of sugar <laughs> and, and a whole <laughs> thing of strawberries to try to make it taste like a, just a little bit <laughs> of some food <laughs> to make it taste like you ain't eating this carpet up here. <laughs> but that's all God got. Them old dried Wheaties. <laughs> but you know, God tells you up front, this is the cost. There's a cost to live for me. And I, I'm a, you're going to be charged before you go out the door. Does everybody understand it? And you might not like the taste of it. You, I know you don't like that I ain't fixed my store up, you know, so it's not boring. But I'm telling you, if you go home and you eat these words of life, it's going to change your life. But, you know, if you love flavor, if you love all of this extravagant stuff, the devil's got it for you. Whatever you got a taste for, and he has an unlimited supply of whatever it is you have a taste for. Does everybody understand that? And so if, if life is boring to you and you go and you go in the devil's store, you're pushing that cart around, and he's telling you, look, this is all on credit. I'll bill you later. Uh, you know, we work on the honor system here. I, I'll, I'll bill you later. And you think, well, thank God. See, I, I knew that it had to be a better deal. So you're putting all this stuff in your cart. And the devil said, you ain't even got to stop by. I, I, I've, I've taken account. I'll send you a bill later. You go home. You're happy. You're telling the family, look, we blessed. God is God's was moving in my life. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. We can eat all of whatever we want. We can eat it right now. And we can go back. We ain't even got to pay right away. We can go back and just keep keep the supply coming. But one day, that bill come in. And, and you know what the bill is? Death. The wages of sin is death. But here's the kicker. You don't have to pay for it until the end of your life. Now you make, have to make a decision. Do I want to keep shopping? At the store of death? That's the question that's before all of mankind. Or do I wanna I wanna accept that Jesus Christ paid for it already? Does everybody understand that? And all I have to do is live a holy life and do what he tells me to do. You, see, you remember the scripture we read yesterday? In the 15th chapter of the book of John, what did he say? You are my friends if you do what I tell you. 
You are my friends if you keep my commandments. Does everybody see? And so here, <laughs> this prodigal son, he does what people do. How many of you have ever gone to the store and you've bought something, maybe to try it for the first time, and it didn't taste good? So you thought, well, you know what? I just never buy that again. I'll buy something else. I'll try something else next time. So that's so see what was happening was God was trying to get this boy's attention. I'm going to send a famine in the land. At the very same time, you run out of your own substance. That's to make you go back home. But see what people do when they shopping in this store of death. They don't go back to the wisdom of their parents. They develop their own wisdom system. Uh, some young girl, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old, she dates some boy that her parents don't approve of, and they're, they're telling her the whole time, this ain't going to work. I'm trying to tell you, it ain't going to, I see something in that boy that ain't right. It ain't going to work. But you just don't understand. You just mad because you single, because you and daddy ain't getting along, whatever the case is. And you go on with life. Five years later, it's over with. Do you go back to your parents' wisdom and ask them, so what did you see? Okay, so what, what kind of man, what, what trait should I be looking for in a man? No. This one had a jerry curl. I'm not dating no more men with jerry curls. I'm going to go to the same club, dance on the same dance floor, to the same song, and God's going to send me a completely different man. Does everybody see? That's what the prodigal son did. I'm not going back home yet. Somebody is going to open up a door for me out in the world. I'm going to go shopping down another aisle of the store of death. <laughs> I'm going to find life in here somewhere. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So that's what he did. It ain't over with. And I'm telling you, grown folks, 40, 50 years old, still living a life trying to prove their parents wrong. I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to show you I can live outside of what you taught me and still make it. And so what did he do? Verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to do what? To feed swine. And so you know what people do? Instead of them coming to the conclusion, you know what? It ain't nothing good in this store of death, in the devil's store. So I'm going to change stores. You, you know what they decide to do? They just figure I will just exchange these items for some other stuff that I like. Now, here's the thing. The devil's, whatever flavor you got, the devil's got it. Whatever flavor you want, whatever, he got all kinds of flavors and eternity of flavors for you to try. But it's going to all equal the same thing. Disappointment, heartache, heartbreak. It's going to all equal the same thing, you see. At some point, you have to come to the conclusion 
that there's nothing good in that store. So after the devil sends you <laughs> a bill, how many of you ever had a credit card? How many of you got lost in that? Yeah. You know what the illusion of a credit card is? Everything's free up front. It's free until you get a bill and you start having to transfer money out of your account, your bank account, the real money. Not the fake money, not the credit card. But when you really have to start paying for it. Does everybody understand that? And that's the illusion of sin. Buy now, pay later. And whatever, and, it's, and, and the terms are unlimited. <laughs> 12 months, same as cash. However you want, whatever arrangements you want to try to work out with the devil, he'll make them just to keep you shopping at his store. So what happens is people, they decide, they get that bill in the mail. And they see that it costs more than what they can afford. And I have to make that clear. Whenever you are living out in the world and you are prodigal, in other words, you are wasting uh, the wisdom that have been brought to you, it's going to cost you more than you can afford. The idea is not to exchange at the same store. Does everybody understand that? The idea when you get the bill in the mail, the idea is to take inventory. Okay, so this is the receipt. I've been charged death. What? What's the inventory? These are the decisions. Every little item on this list these are the decisions that I have made to end up where I am today. Even before you come to your life, you're living in death. And so by the grace of God, <laughs> the devil sends you a bill with it's itemized. You might have forgot how many boxes of Fruit Loops you've eaten. But heaven hasn't. And so you have to look at this receipt and say, yeah, yeah, I dated this one. I shouldn't have. I went to this club. I should not have. Does everybody understand that? I got started on drugs right here because I was around certain people. I shouldn't have done it. My parents told me not to hang around these certain people. You know, when I was growing up, you've heard my wife and I talk about it. When I was growing up, tattoos were a mark that you avoided. It was just certain things about people. Whatever, they, whatever it was about them, you know, it was a clue. That's a wild child. You stay away from that one. They don't mind needles going underneath their skin and, and putting ink there. It ain't nothing else they won't try. They don't mind abusing their bodies like that. They, they, you don't want to be around that. I don't care what kind of cross they got, you know, on they on themselves. Uh, it's still torture. 
how many religious emblems they it's still torture does everybody understand so to us that was a wild child that was a bill we didn't have to pay don't be around certain people but see so when you go against that and the devil sends you the bill it's all itemized and you say yeah yeah does everybody understand that you start itemizing it you know I didn't start sleeping with people until I started hanging around a certain group of people. Up until this point, I thought I was going to be a virgin when I got married. But I started hanging around. See right here. I picked this up on aisle eight. Started hanging around this particular individual. I thought they really understood where I was coming from. But the whole time it was a trap to get me in fornication because that's where they were. I didn't know it at the time. You have to itemize. Children don't come here wanting to lose their virginity before they get married. <laughs> Somebody's got to introduce that to them somewhere. Do they understand that? So you itemize. This is where this started. This is where this started. When I went down this aisle, I picked up this. Okay, yeah, I see why I, I shouldn't have done that. Does everybody understand that? But you know what most people do? They don't itemize. They just look at the bottom. And they start figuring out how they're going to pay for it. That's what this prodigal son did. I ain't going back home, ever. I'll go feed swine. I'll pay my own way. I'm going to pay for my own wisdom. That's really what prodigy is. I tell you what, I, I, I don't want to have to pay for my own wisdom, not when it's free. <laughs> yeah, wisdom is free. You ain't got to pay for it. The Bible tells us in the book of James, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth freely and upbraideth not. Yeah, wisdom is free. I ain't got to pay for it. I ain't got to learn a lesson. Does everybody understand that? I ain't got to get burned. I don't have to get a venereal disease before I realize I shouldn't be out here fornicating. <laughs> I can accept somebody else what they went through. Okay, so yeah, that wasn't good. Okay, well, now I'm going to stay away from that. But that this itemizing... In other words, taking inventory, it requires honesty and humility. You have to be willing to admit, and I'm telling you people that, that this is a hard one for some people. Uh, they don't want to admit where they took a wrong turn at because they were praying to the devil that he would help them forget they form a life. That was the old me. Yeah, no, it's still the you. You still making the same bad decisions. So what did this boy do? The same thing a lot of us did. I know daddy was at home hoping that I would fail. I ain't going to give him the pleasure of that. The devil got all kind of friends for you to go feed swine before. Does everybody see that? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 15 says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of what country? That country. In other words, he's still shopping in the same store. 
and he sent him into the field into his fields to do what feed swine verse 16 and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him so let's let's pay attention to what that that word fain means he lusted after what in other words he developed an appetite for the slop that the pigs were eating And that's what happens to people when they refuse to go back home. They develop an appetite for this world, no matter how raggedy it is. And that's what boggles my mind sometimes uh, when I think about certain situations and certain cases. Like I would want to tell you, do you not see the raggedy life that you're living? No, I'm fine. Go go out and club all night, come home and throw up in the and spend the nights over the toilet throwing up in it. This is the life. Sleeping with folks I don't remember the next day. Getting pregnant for I don't know who. But so what? They got <laughs> TV shows where I can go get paternity tests done. I figure out who the daddy is some kind of way. You're not going to tell me I ain't living. <laughs> People develop a taste for slop. When I was growing up, the grown folks, the old people used to say, you can put sugar in poop and it's still poop. Except they wouldn't say it nice. <laughs> How many of you ever heard that? <laughs> it's still poop. I don't care how you you put strawberries on it and sweeten it up, however you fix it up, you know, sprinkle, try to make it look like ice cream or a sundae of chocolate, whatever, it's still poop. <laughs> and, and that is what the devil have a whole world resorted to. I'll eat whatever as long as you put some sugar on it. <laughs> I like sugar on anything. <laughs> yeah but when you gotta digest it even if you do like the taste of it that digesting it that's gonna be the devil does everybody understand that <laughs> so this young man he did the same thing that a lot of us do pride ain't gonna let us admit we're wrong and we're going to find some kind of way to be right. I'm not, there's no way in the world I'm going to make my mama and daddy think that they were right at what they were telling me. So because of that, he developed a taste that was meant for the lowest animal in this world. The swine, the filthiest animal, the swine. Isn't that something now? And, you know, it's something to watch somebody. I have I've lived long enough to watch somebody up here. Listen, we all got some kind of standards when we're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. We all we all got something we weren't going to do. Yeah, but where are you 10 years from there? You're doing it now. Listen, because Jesus Christ is the only one that not only holds you to that standard, but give you a higher standard. 
outside of him, as you continue to live, your standards will continue to go down. Verse 17 says, and when he came to himself, everybody see that? At some point, <laughs> look what he says. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? Why was he perishing with hunger? Because now he's fighting the pigs for their food. Have any of you ever seen a, a hog eat? I grew up down the street from a man that had hogs. And at the time, the age that I was, hogs get about this tall. These were real hogs, not your little squiggly looking, pet looking pigs, hogs. And my classmate, he would come through that big old pen hitting that bucket and those hogs it didn't care babies mamas whoever they were coming through them little piglets get out the way because we're gonna get trampled on uh, you in that way they'll bump into you and here was this young man he's having to do the same thing that the hogs are doing Except you ain't going to win against them. They know that's, that's, shouldn't you be eating adult food like regular food? Even hogs know you don't belong in the, in the pen with them. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And so the Bible says that he came to himself. You know what happened? He woke up and realized where he came from. I wasn't eating hog food when I was at my daddy's house. Even my daddy's servants eat better than I'm eating. Isn't that something now? And I'm telling you, that's the only hope we have. I, I want to say, you know, this is what happens when life becomes your teacher. You have to get down to a, such a low point. And you know what has to happen? You know God has to speed up your digress. Where you're heading has to outrun your ability to get acclimated to it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> You have to get to the place where you know I've sunk low. It can't just be something gradual because you get acclimated. You get you adjust to it. Man, that was one time I, I wouldn't be with this type of man. Now I'm with whoever. You a man? Okay, well, that, we can date. <laughs> I don't care about your future. I don't care where you're going. Are you a male? You, were you born a male? Okay, well, yeah, you good then. Because what happens is as your standards begin to lower, you get acclimated. In other words, does everybody understand that? How many of you ever walked in a room and the room was maybe warm or cold or whatever, but you sat there long enough to where your body just adjusted to it? 
So you know what God has to do? He has to go over there to the to the thermostat and turn it way up so you'll know, you know, th th this is what you started off at, but this is where you are now. You need to feel like you're cold. You need to feel like you're cold so you'll know that the climate that you're sitting in is not what I designed for you to be sitting in. Maybe you'll ask me for help. When your situation outruns your stupidity. <laughs> Where even you'll have enough sense to know, man, I've sunk low. I've let my guards down. Does everybody see that? <laughs> so that's what happened to this young man. The Lord said, you know what? Since you didn't catch my first hint, I'm going to have to wake you up some kind of way. Now, you, now the pigs are beating you to the food. I have to make you hungry. It, it, listen, when you didn't have enough sense to know you ain't supposed to be eating slop, I, I guess I got to make the slop dry up. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Look what it says, verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Verse 18. I will do what? That's that's the whole statement. That's the middle statement of this whole story. I will arise. For him to say, I will arise, what does that mean? He was down low somewhere. He was lower than what God intended for him to be. So look, look at what he says. I will arise. You know what that, that means? I am going to get some sense about myself and start acting like it. Nobody's going to have to pull me along and try to talk me into making better choices. I see where I am. And I am going to do something about it. Nobody's going to have to hold my hand and try to comfort me in my foolishness. I will arise. And I tell you, some of the hardest people to disciple are the people you got to pat along all the time. Come on, come on. It's going to be all right. God loves you. Come on. It's going to be all right. <laughs> or you could just decide, you know what? My old life was raggedy. And when I decide to live for the Lord, it's going to be for real. I ain't nobody going to have to keep encouraging me and keep patting me along. You know why? Because I don't want to keep fighting pigs for food. He says, so I will arise. Look what he says at next. And go to who? My father. I am going to pick back up the lessons that my parents tried to instill in me. Does everybody see that? And will say unto him, father, what happened now? You got to take me back. 
you wouldn't be just to take, not take me back. Is that what he said? Yeah, things didn't work out out there in the world. I decided, you know, I, I know you've been praying and asking the Lord for me to come back. I'm, I'm going to come back. Aren't you happy? <laughs> Is that what he said? Father, I have sinned against who? Against who now? Why? Because I was shopping in the devil's store. I have sinned. I have gone against God when I go against who God have caused me to be born to. Does everybody see that? Listen, can we pause here for a second? There was no middle conversation. I saw you doing certain things when I was growing up. You might not know it, but while you were praying, I was praying for you. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, this supersedes that. You can't blame your daddy for your rotten teeth. <laughs> That's not genetics. Your teeth falling out because of the sugar you ate. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And that's something we have to, what no, come to Jesus meeting. I need to tell you what I saw wrong before I start accepting your wisdom. You know what that daddy would have done? Okay, so you ain't learned your, you going back out there. Apparently you think you still got some fighting you for the pig, so you going back out there. You ain't learned nothing yet. You ain't tired of eating slop yet. Now when you come to me and tell me what, how you think I raised you. And what you think you saw me do wrong, I ain't eating pig food. You are. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so, no, we ain't got to have no talk about <laughs> you got to forgive me for nothing. It says, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called what? But you my mama, you my daddy, you got to. No, I ain't got to. You grown, remember? Look at what he says. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Does everybody see that? He came to his daddy with humility. And he didn't have nowhere in the back of his mind, I'm going to just play this little card. But I know he's going to throw me a big party. It's going to be party hardy. <laughs> Wasn't none of that. Just, just, I'll take the crumbs from your table. I know your servants don't eat as good as your sons. They don't eat as good as what I used to eat. But I, So I'll just take the crumbs. I'll take what they eat. I, I know now, now I know what you were trying to teach me all this time. I'm sorry for going out and, listen, putting salt on your name. People saw me out there in the world and were saying, isn't that so-and-so, son? I know his daddy didn't raise him to be that way. I'm sorry for making people think you were a bad parent. I'm sorry. 
I've sinned against heaven and before you. You raised me to do better than this. I don't care what you were doing. You didn't tell me to do it. You told me not to do it. I should have done better because you taught me better. I've taken inventory of my life. Let's think about it in food terms. If you don't like gaining weight, what are you going to do? Keep eating what you've been eating? You step on that scale once a week, and once a week you done gained two pounds? You don't cut back on the water. You don't say, well, I drink two gallons of water a week. That's right there, five pounds. <laughs> Is the water the problem? <laughs> Oh, you take inventory. You can't pull up to a McDonald's now without them telling you, yeah, this is all kind of saturated fat and, uh, yeah, so many grams of sugar. Do you want this? We got to tell you so we don't get sued. Everybody see that on that menu now? Do we pay attention to it? No, I got a taste for some, well, some, some uh, burgers, so, yeah, come on with it. I ain't even got to look and see. Everybody understand that? You would be surprised if you knew what was in this so-called food. And I say so-called. I saw a news article the other day of a, of a woman who was buying all this different fast food, and she had shelves of it. Basically, it looked the same. Sitting there for years, it all looked the same as what it looked when she first bought it. You know, real food is supposed to rot. I say real food rot. <laughs> and so even your energy, if it, it, it's not right for you to see the fruit of something and not take inventory of what you've planted. Come in, Nathaniel. Yeah, come in. <laughs> come on, hold my hand. You see how he came to me? You know why he came? Because he trusts me. But what happens if I go out, stand out on this street, and I see a car pass by, and I say, yeah, you, you, you driving, I'm going to stand in the middle, so you just stop, you come on, come on, take my hand. Are they going to come do it? Now, they, they just got done praying that the Lord would heal them. Are they going to come take my hand? You know why? Because the decisions they've made in their life have caused them not to trust See this little child here? He's a child, so he trusts. I can tell him to come here, he's going to come here. Does everybody understand that? See, I can sit down. Here, come here, Nathan. Every day when, whenever we meet up, I come. if I'm sitting somewhere, he's going to come. He's going to give me a hug and sit on my lap. Does everybody understand that? Everybody see him sitting on my lap? You know what he's going through his mind? This is Brother Bone. I'm sitting on his lap. 
Does everybody understand that? But what do what would adults think? Oh, got a grown man with a child on his lap. You know what that means. See, to the pure, all things are pure. And if I'm 50 years old and I'm not pure, I have to take inventory. Why am I not pure in my mind anymore? It's not because of my, my daddy eating sour grapes. <laughs> Does everybody understand? Okay, you can go back. Thank you, little fella. It's not my daddy's fault. It's my fault. I hung around some people that burned me and caused me to lose trust in humanity. So now I got to get on Facebook. I got to get on Twitter, on Instagram, and preach this false doctrine. Trust no man. Stay hurt like me. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? One day, Jesus was teaching. And his disciples, they talking among themselves. So, look, no, I'm better than you. Oh, you think you're better than me? No, we, okay, let's go ask the Lord. Okay, Jesus, you know everything. We believe you the creator. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, yeah, y'all move out the way. Yeah, you, you, you move out the way. Bring me that little child. Yeah, he's the greatest. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You know why? Because he ain't old enough to sign for credit cards. He ain't old enough. If whatever you tell him to do, he's gonna do it. He don't. He don't. He don't lack trust in people. He still trusts in humanity. He still believe I can use somebody to bring him to me. He ain't got to go get in his word and try to teach himself how to read and understand old English because preachers are false and all they want is money. He ain't got to do none of that. <laughs> he has not yet shopped at the store of the devil. And if you train up a child the way he should go when he is old, he will not depart from that. He ain't got to ever stop shop at that store. <laughs> what do we do as parents? You, you got some silly. No, they got to make their mistakes like I did. What are they really saying? They got to get bitter like me. I don't like the fact that you getting a brand new start. Isn't that silly now? So my prayer is that we'll really sincerely take heed. When we come to the Lord with sincerity, when we have really taken inventory of our life and the bad decisions we made, look here. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was what 
He was shopping in the store of death and is alive again and he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. When we sincerely take inventory of all of the bad decisions we've made and where we have gotten in life, when we begin to take inventory and we repent, we ain't even got to get all the way to God. He's going to meet us. From a far off. Listen, that's before you can feel his presence. All, all you got to do is turn in God's direction and say, oh, I'm coming. Does everybody understand that? You know why God runs to us when we turn in his direction? Because he understands when we were out in the world, we were purposely turned away. No, I can't look that way. No, you ain't, no, don't come yet. I ain't ready. All we have to do is turn in his direction and look like we want a piece of him. <laughs> Everybody understand that? But this is after we've taken inventory. We have to have a, enough. We have to have had enough of the Fruit Loops. Does everybody understand that? You know why? Because when you take inventory and you get your bill, what do you do? You got one more box of it left. I'm going to go look and see. Okay, so I know what's in God's store. It's just ready to read. Ain't no sugar, no nothing in there. So I'm going to go take inventory because I, I, you know, I, I, I love flavor. How many of you love flavor? So I'm going to go look up on the back of this Fruit Loop box and see. What, oh, wait a minute. That's artificial flavor. That's all that's doing is tricking my taste buds. The devil been lying to me. <laughs> this ain't this life ain't fun. <laughs> it's artificial. It's fake. You know why? Because when I get done letting somebody use and abuse my body, I feel empty. It's artificial. God's the real deal. Does everybody understand that? And God might not always give me what I got a taste for, but at least I know his food is real. When I eat, I ain't got to get a, a whole house full of Fruit Loops to feel like I got something. One box will do, and I can eat on that one box for the rest of my life. <laughs> because some kind of way, even the night before, when I've gotten to the bottom of the box, well, by the time I wake up in the morning, it's, it's full again. <laughs> now, here's the kicker. It just all looked like black and white, looked like there's no flavor. But you know what? The more I fall in love with Jesus Christ, that's where the flavor comes. 
Now I got the joy. Now I taste what y'all been tasting. Now I see why y'all worship God now. Why y'all didn't tell me? <laughs> been trying to. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> but see, what, you, what, what was the problem? You were trying to get the taste of God with your natural eyes. See, to your natural eyes, that's just a black and white box. To us, it's all colorful. We see the same color you were seeing in the devil store. But your eyes just haven't been opened yet. We were tasting the good taste of, old taste of God and see that it's good. We've been tasting that. We were trying to tell you about it, but you know what? Because you took a foot in, a step in, and then you step right back out, you never let God finish the work in you. You didn't get to the point where that taste changed yet. So I pray that you go all the way in now. <laughs> so you can experience what it's really like, what Wheaties really taste like. <laughs> Does everybody understand that now? My prayer is that we will believe it. You don't know how good God, to, you know, to taste something, to, to, to taste it, you got to taste it. <laughs> There's no way around it. Y you got to try it. And does everybody understand that? And, and one, you know, one spoonful ain't going to do. Uh, nah, I don't like that. How you know? One, you, you just took one spoonful of it. You ain't even chewed it good. You spitting what you put in your mouth out. I tell you what, though, when you get tired of eating pig slop, okay, God, whatever, just, just like what this year, whatever you want me to do, whatever, I'll take whatever, because it's got to be better than what I've already been eating. Does everybody understand that? What was the last thing he ate before he came to his daddy? Nothing. The Bible says he was hungered. So he ran out of pig food. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this ad don't taste like nothing. Let me go to my, back to my daddy's house. You'll be glad to accept what God have when you learn that the pigs got the slop on lock. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? My prayer is that we'll really receive that today. From the, from the jump, God's offer was better. From the jump, his offer was better. <laughs> Don't spend the rest of your life finding that out, figuring that out. I'm telling you, it's better. It was better when you left him. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that we've heard today. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and teaching us this word, Lord, and we pray that people will take it into their hearts, Lord, and receive it. Help us, Lord, if we have been in and out with you and not completely sold out, Lord, help us to get all the way in so that we can taste and see, Lord, 
for ourselves of your goodness, your mercy, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we thought we were going to live contrary. Forgive us, Lord, for not being all the way in. Forgive us, Lord, even for turning your grace into lasciviousness. Forgive us, Lord, for taking advantage of your love, knowing that you would be there, Lord. Forgive us for not remaining in it. Help us, Lord, to be completely sold out to you and not do despite unto your grace. Help us, Lord, to ask for forgiveness from people who we need forgiveness from. Forgive us, Lord, for not following what we've been taught, for throwing away wisdom that somebody else has paid for. Help us, Lord, to be humble so that we can learn lessons from the blood and sweat of others. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, we want to ask Sister Garcia to stand up. All right, come on up, Sister Garcia. All right, let's pray for you. Let's all bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we come right now. Lord, we ask that you will hear our request and our prayer today. Lord, we ask that you will fill our sister here with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Give her your presence, Lord, to dwell with her on a daily basis. Lord, anything that's not like you, that's inside, Lord, we ask that you will remove it and fill her with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we thank you for her life. Lord, we pray that you will use her in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, brothers and sisters, we're grateful to the Lord for you all coming here today. My prayers are that you've all heard something that would help you in your walk with the Lord. And uh, we ask that you will continue to live what you have heard today. Uh, that you will receive wisdom and live by it. All right, if that's all now, we're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.